48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Candidates line up for places on the SAR's election committee, but they're told non-patriots will be rooted out. The central and local governments accuse President Biden of playing politics over temporary safe haven for Hong Kongers. And in Tokyo, Sarah Lee recovers from defeat to battle into the next round of the women's sprint cycling. Politicians, business people and other prominent Hong Kongers have started throwing their hats into the ring for a seat on the SAR's election committee, boasting of their patriotic credentials and setting out what they expect of the next chief executive. Timmy Sung reports. The 1,500-member EC will be made up of five big sectors, under which there are 40 subsectors that include representatives from the businesses, professional bodies, labour and religious groups, as well as national legislators and groups that have ties to the central government. Alan Seaman, the chairman of the Lan Kui Fong Group, said he's hoping to become a member of the catering subsector. My criteria for the ex-chief executive is someone that... Uh, will uh, be listening to the people, uh, helping Hong Kong, the life of the people, to get better and better, and the young generation uh, really see a good future for themselves in Hong Kong and don't have to leave Hong Kong to go overseas to different places. The pro-Beijing Federation of Trade Unions says it's putting forward at least 50 people for the election committee. And if successful, they will take the initiative to protect Beijing's comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong and safeguard national security. FTU President Stanley Ng says they are the major force when it comes to patriots and also an ally of one country, two systems. They hope to promote good governance in Hong Kong, he says. The elections for the election committee will be held on September the 19th. The Chief Secretary, John Lee, has vowed to leave no stone unturned when it comes to vetting those who hope to join the election committee to make sure only true patriots make it through the selection process. He said the Candidate Eligibility Review Committee, which he chairs, will look at all sorts of matters relating to the election committee hopefuls, from any articles they have written and remarks they have made to who they have dealings with. The Hong Kong and central governments have hit back at US President Joe Biden's decision yesterday to offer temporary safe haven to SAR residents. Here's Violet Wong. According to a statement by the Foreign Ministry's office here, Washington's move slandered and smeared the security law and nakedly intervened in Hong Kong affairs. The statement goes on to say the US offer is not to support the rights and freedoms of Hong Kong people, but to condone the freedoms of a handful of anti-China forces endangering national security. It says such shameless political manipulation is doomed to fail. The Hong Kong government echoed those views. In a statement, a spokesman says the US has prolific laws on national security, but chooses to smear the Hong Kong national security law out of political motivation. Despite Beijing's tough rhetoric, Hong Kongers in the United States say they generally welcome Washington's latest announcement. One of them is Maggie Shum, who's currently studying there. The past two years has been hard for a lot of Hong Kong people in a limbo, right? You know, we, we're not US citizens, but we kind of, you know, you know, have a lot of uncertainty about going back home. So, I mean, it's really, I feel elated and, and welcome this. Hong Kong star cyclist Sarah Lee has advanced to tomorrow's third round of the sprint event at the Tokyo Olympics, but it took a rapid race to get there. Atom Jung was watching.
Hong Kong's top rider was beaten in the second round by Britain's Katie Marchand, but staved off elimination by winning a do-or-die against the American Madeleine Gottby. As in the previous rounds, Lee opted to stay behind her opponent to start the race. When Gottby tried to pull away, Lee gathered speed by taking a wide turn, and she overtook the American comfortably down the final straight, winning by well over one and a half seconds. The weather, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Those showers will be heavier in some places at first tomorrow and will ease off later. Temperatures will range between 27 and 31 degrees, moderate to fresh southwesterly winds. And those showers are going to stay around for the following couple of days, but there will be some sunny intervals as well. More showers next week. Temperature now 29 degrees, humidity 86%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Several members of the University of Hong Kong's legislative body have demanded that the institution's governing council end its campus ban on students who attended a controversial union meeting last month. The meeting sparked a national security probe because of a motion thanking a man for stabbing a police officer. Juan Wong reports. In an open letter, seven members of the university's court say the move to ban students from campus is legally inappropriate. They note that the students involved haven't violated any disciplinary rules listed in the University of Hong Kong ordinance. The members also accused the council of overstepping its authority, noting that none of the students have been charged with an offense, and even if they had, this would be a matter for the university's disciplinary committee to look at. They criticized the council for stripping the students of their learning opportunities and failing public expectations for a university to provide guidance to students. The students' union withdrew the motion that was passed expressing sadness over the death of a man who stabbed the policeman on July the 1st. The university later severed all ties with the union and police began a national security investigation into the affair. Health officials have locked down a building in Shengwan after a male resident who recently returned from the US tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. As Priscilla Ong reports, two imported cases were reported. The two imported cases involved people who flew in from Russia and the United States. There were also about five preliminary positive cases, including a man who returned from the U.S. via Doha yesterday. Officials say the 32-year-old, who had taken the BioNTech vaccines in April, did not show any symptoms and had tested negative before he got on the plane in America. He had stayed at Seaview Mansion in Shengwan from July 15th to the 25th before flying to the U.S. Residents of Seaview Mansion on Connaught Road West have been ordered to take a COVID test, and authorities say the restrictions on the building will be lifted at around 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. The center also said authorities in Japan had notified them that a fully vaccinated woman who flew in from Hong Kong late last month had tested positive for the virus. The residential block that the 29-year-old lived in in Discovery Bay and her office at Mira Place in Chimsha Chui have been put under a compulsory testing order. The Labor Department, meanwhile, said domestic helpers from the Philippines and Indonesia will be able to come to work in Hong Kong starting Monday, provided they had been fully vaccinated in the SAR earlier. The helpers will have to be quarantined for 21 days at a hotel of their choice, but the department said it is planning to centralize their quarantine to one to two hotels in future. Hong Kong people will have an extra month to get a COVID-19 jab as the government announced that community vaccination centres will keep operating until late October. 
Priscilla Ung again. After a slow start, Hong Kong's vaccination rate has picked up in recent weeks, and half of those eligible have now had a first jab. Keen to maintain the momentum, officials have announced that all but three of the 29 vaccination sites that had been due to close at the end of next month will stay open. A government spokesperson said the decision reflects growing demand for vaccines. It's likely 70% of eligible people will have had a jab by the end of September. They added. Meanwhile, the hospital authorities said it would extend its vaccination services using Sinovac jabs at around two dozen general outpatient clinics until the end of October. The announcement came on the day almost a million BioNTech shots arrived from Germany. Police say they've arrested a man on suspicion of murder after an elderly man's body was found in a Tiananmen playground last night. Wang Yinteng reports. Police say the 70-year-old victim, who worked in a butcher's, was found with multiple stab wounds in Hoichu Road playground. Officers say they arrested a man who they spotted jogging about 100 meters away from the body. Gary Lam is the force assistant district commander for the area. At 5:55 p.m., a pedestrian found a man's body in Hoichu Road playground in Tiananmen. The man was unconscious. The pedestrian then reported it to the police. When the ambulance crew arrived, they found him dead. The police found multiple staff wounds on the victim's body, mostly to his face and neck. His left arm and right hand were wounded. Mr. Lam says officers drew their guns when they made the arrest, but no shots were fired. Police say they recovered two knives and an axe, which were stained with blood. They are urging any witnesses to the killing to contact them. Customs officers say they seized around $70 million worth of suspected cannabis in Yinlong earlier uh, yesterday. Wang Yinting has details. Customs officers say they smashed a suspected cannabis growing operation inside a Yunlong house. They said they found 465 kilograms of the drug in a residential block, which had professional plant growing equipment like timers and carbon dioxide machines. Officers said they believe the operation had been running for three or four months. They said their seizure stopped the drugs from entering the market. A 47-year-old man has been arrested. Overseas, the head of the Afghan government's information centre has been assassinated by gunmen in the capital, Kabul. The Taliban said they were responsible for killing Dawa Khan Manipal, who has also been a deputy spokesman for President Ashraf Ghani. Here's the BBC's Embarrassed Natarajan. They are sending out a very clear message to the Afghan government that, that they can strike at will in the capital itself, even though the conflict is going on in several parts of the country. For example, they have launched simultaneous attacks on three major provincial capitals, Herat in the west, Lashkarga and Kandahar in the south, even as fighting is continuing in other parts of the country. Now, Mr. Dawa Khan Minapal, he was apparently leaving a mosque after Friday prayers in the west of Kabul when he was targeted. And people have expressed the shock because he was quite well known among the journalistic circle in Kabul. The United Nations Emergency Relief Coordinator says a humanitarian ceasefire in Ethiopia is a glaring necessity in order to allow aid deliveries into the warring Tigray region. Speaking in Geneva on his return from Ethiopia, Martin Griffiths said a huge logistical operation was required to save lives. The humanitarian system needs 100 trucks a day going into Tigray to meet the needs of the people. That is 100 trucks a day going in across the line 
into Tigray where the uh, Tigrayan authorities have uh, have greenlit. So that's the challenge, is making that pipeline work. Back to sport and Hong Kong's Olympic Committee has announced that Grace Lau will carry the SAL flag in the game's closing ceremony on Sunday. The 29-year-old clinched Hong Kong's first ever Olympic medal in karate yesterday when she took bronze in the women's kata. On the track, the American athlete Alison Felix has become the most decorated woman in Olympic track and field history with a record 10th medal. Felix took bronze in the women's 400 metres, which was won by Shawnee Miller-Uebo of the Bahamas. Felix has now equaled her compatriot Carl Lewis's Olympic medal count. In football, the Spanish giants Barcelona say they can't afford to keep hold of star player Lionel Messi. Speaking to the media after the dramatic announcement that Messi would be leaving, Barcelona's president, Juan Laporta, said player wages would exceed total income if he stayed. The reasons why we could not and decided to reach this point in the negotiations are very clear objective reasons, namely the economic situation in which the club finds itself today. Making an investment of the size represented by Leo Messi involved certain risks that we were ready to take, but when we were made aware in depth of the situation of the club following the audit, we are concerned and we do not want to put the institution at risk again. For a preview of this weekend's Community Shield in England, here's the BBC's Nick Hatton. Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City, of course, stunned Chelsea to lift the FA Cup, while Pep Guardiola's Manchester City cantered to the Premier League title. Those triumphs earned both managers another crack at silverware on Saturday, and while the Community Shield may have little bearing on the upcoming season overall, it never hurts to get off to a winning start to build momentum. For City fans, it could be the first chance they get to see new big-money signing Jack Grealish. His British record move from Aston Villa was completed late on Thursday evening. He'll add another attacking element to what are already frightening levels of creativity in that Manchester City squad. Harry Kane is seemingly on the horizon from Tottenham as well. City fans really will be licking their lips of the season ahead. As for Leicester, it's all about kicking on. Winning the FA Cup was huge and they'll want to add the Community Shield to their trophy cabinet as another example of them heading in the right direction. The signing of striker Pats and Dacca takes their strike force to another level as well. They've also shored up their midfield with the arrivals of Bubikeri Samer and Kamal So. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Candidates line up for places on the SAR's election committee, but they're told non-patriots will be rooted out. The central and local governments accuse President Biden of playing politics over temporary safe haven for Hong Kongers. And in Tokyo, Sarah Lee recovers from defeat to battle into the next round of the women's sprint cycling. The news from RTHK.
Special Magical Mystery Tour, Musical Mystery Tour, call it what you like. Keeping it fairly up tempo, that one by request, by the way, was from Keith from the album Famous Blue Raincoat. I don't know if you're aware, but I'm sure you know Keith. But anybody else, Jennifer Warnes and uh, Leonard Cohen were big mates. And that's how she came to record an album of his music. And there's a guy as well. I love a lot of his stuff. A lot of people makes me, I was going to say it pisses me off, but you can't say that on the radio. But he makes me, makes me annoyed when people say, oh, he's the most boring, miserable person ever to sing a song in his life. It's absolutely not true. If you really listen to some of the music that he's made, it's absolutely stunning. If you ask me nicely, I'll play you one of his more melodic ones if you like. Radio Peter Gmail, if you want to be in touch, by the way. When 